Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? <laughs> this is the first ever Top Flight Tune Machine. It's a thing that we've come up with. We came up with this ages ago. Do you remember years, when we first started ago. doing the... Um, I remember when we talked about we were in the office of TalkSport. Yeah. And we were talking about launching Time Machine. And they said, and then if it goes all right, we could go on and do chart years. Yes. Then obviously it took like over two years to get around to doing this. And yeah. What we're doing is... We're going to do um, a randomly selected top 40 from a week in history, and we're going to pick out three songs each, have a bit of a chat about them, see where it goes. And we're going to be helped by the uh, random pop blob, which is the cousin of the random fixture generator blob, which I own. Um, And he has chosen this week's chart for us. And over to you, pop blob. Uh, What have we got to say? Random uh, pop blob, open your gob, tell, tell us, us how to, how to do, do our, our job. job. There it is, 9th of January, Whoa. 1989. Uh, thankfully, we were pre-warned about this by the pop blob, so we know what to look for. Um, pop blob was like, top 40. that's quick heads up. I know, like, officially I'm supposed to be a random generator, right? But let's just say, with a nod and a wink between us, right, I've got a strong feeling about the first or second week of Jan 89, just right? Just in the that. interest of you doing a bit of pre-research. <laughs> yeah. Strictly no, speaking, it's... I am supposed to be totally random, but I like you, lads, so... Well, it, it, no, it recorded it earlier and sent us sent it to us, didn't it, or something? Oh, yeah, that's it. Is that how it works? Yeah, but anyway, we've got the chart in front yeah. of us, 9th of January, 1989. Um, and we've chosen what, three songs. Andy, which, Andy a, what were you up what, to on the 9th of January, 1989, do you reckon? Do you reckon? I mean, I'm not expecting you to know for sure, but what do you reckon you were up to that day? Um, probably, probably enjoying um, a nice New Year's wank. Perhaps. <laughs> You'd like See, to say the first one of the year, but I say, I nine days in, that's far-fetched. I, I was 16 and a half. I wouldn't have said it would be the first one. 
Uh, he could have been <laughs> heading into triple figures by the night. Possibly, possibly. I don't know. I don't. I didn't keep a record or a journal or anything like that. Mm. But um, yeah, that kind of level. I don't know what I'd have been doing. What was it? Sixteen and a half. Full. It would be just kind of going back to college after the uh, Christmas break, and that would have been the first year of me two year year levels. So um, mm. yeah, probably down down the beach, probably in the arcades. <laughs> maybe a bit of a coining maybe, maybe a bit a of bit early of day adolescent coining some of the best some do. of the best coining in it when you're an adolescent I was, to be honest i was preoccupied more with bomb jack the What's arcade that? game have you never seen bomb jack oh no. it's this little superhero fella and the screen there's loads of bombs all over the screen and you've got a get them in the right order it's a bit pac-man-y sort of thing yeah in the sense that you've got to collect dots and avoid baddies, um, but it's great, Bomb Jack. Very addictive. That, that sounds awesome. It's really good. Um, have a look on YouTube. Check it out. Yeah, and you can probably Bomb you can Jack. probably play it online. You can probably play on. They brought out a ZX Spectrum version of it, which was inferior. But the arcade version is just whoa. One yeah. day when I'm a millionaire, I might get a Bomb Jack machine for me house for but, me rig. But- that's that's a lovely idea, and in a way, the truth is, is that I say coining or bomb jacking was better when you're adolescent. But actually, thinking about it, arcades are better when you're an adult because you. I mean, I'm not saying everyone's rich and can afford to mm. play as much as they want, but if you were going up the arcades to play bomb jack, right? I don't mm. know how, many, how much it was for a go, but wasn't Ten cheap pence. even back then. Ten pence. All right, oh. so yeah. Okay, but still. How many 10 pences are you going to have when you're 16 and a half? There will be a finite amount. When you go up the arcades now, when we go coining, mm. we 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 go in hard, don't we? When we go coining, we, we get do. quite a few quid we straight do. away lined up. Yeah. We don't limit ourselves. We're big so time, you can, yeah. You can, you can play much more big time. It's like high stakes. When I go to like Shanklin Seafront, mm. I feel like Sean Connery in Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? A proper. In fact, mm-hmm. sometimes I wear a tuxedo. Well, why not? Of course. I feel like a real high roller. I mean, with with Bomb Jack, we got so good at it that a game could last twenty minutes or so because mm. we were on like level fucking twenty three or something. So yeah. ten or twenty pence, you'd get your value for money out of it. Yeah. But um, and we'd all gather around watching each other picking up. Oh new yeah, tips. that's quite stressful. That wasn't it? Yeah. People gathered yeah. round. But there was a lot, of, a lot of mutual support though. We were all in it together. Really? We all, we all wanted to well, be better at Bomb Jack. In a, the shop near my school, case there was Double Dragon. And I never really got involved in playing because it was a very small shop. Mm. And there was one machine and it would mainly be older kids on it. And mm. if you got on it, if you got your turn, they'd all be gathered around you. Pressure and I just was found on. it yeah. too stressful. Yeah, it was like a fish cake situation. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Too many yeah. older kids over your shoulder giving you shit. I thought I don't want to play Double Dragon <clears throat> enough <throat> to put myself through that. Being judged by your peers constantly. Yeah, yeah. fuck that. It's not, it's not for everyone, is it? Um, so, uh, what, what you've been doing? Nineteen uh, January, well, nineteen ninety. Yeah, fourteen and a half. Um, Wanking. Yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> uh, I remember getting really miserable around that around that time. I remember like getting really miserable around Christmas. It might have been that year, the first time I'd ever had an episode of thinking, "Fucking hell, I am really gutted," and I don't oh. know why. And it was oh, it was and it was after Christmas. Oh, 
Yeah, I always got it after Christmas, and I remember going back Blues? to school. I think it was that year. I remember having to go back to school. It would have been around this week, and just all the way in, just feeling absolutely fucking gutted and thinking, oh, there is no way I'm going to be able to get through a term at school. And there was nothing wrong at school. Like, you know, I had mates and I was, you know, there was nothing bad going on. Just suddenly felt fucking miserable. I was thinking about that when I thought about 89. But anyway, it all ironed itself out after a while. All it took was a few wanks and a look at the uh, network <laughs> chart, which, as we can see, was when I when I first got the heads up from, <clears throat> the, from the blob that it was 1989, I sort of thought, mm. yeah, you know, the 80s were really, the, 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 the you know, the real golden part of the 80s had, Got come to a, an end by the nineteen eighty nine. When I think of music, I think oh, the charts was dom- dominated by um, cover versions, which mm. there are a few of in in this chart here, which we'll get to probably. Um, mega mixes because it was sort mm-hmm. of very much the the Jive Bunny kind of era. Yeah, and um, Stock Haken and Waterman. That's what I yeah. thought. Um, but in preparation for this episode, you know, you look through the top forty. And, yeah, all of those things are present. But mm. it's funny how you could completely characterise it because uh, in amongst all of it, there are some absolute fucking classics that stand up with anything the decade yeah. has produced. Yeah, there was. Um, did you pick a first song to look at? Yeah. I mean, what, okay, let me ask you this. Do you think we should work upwards or downwards? Towards the Just top whatever. of the chart. Well, I would say whichever one you want to talk about most because the chances of us getting through six entire songs in about half an hour is fucking impossible. So prioritise it, I would say. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about first then is a well, Let's song. play a little bit of it. Let's play a little bit of it and then announce it okay. afterwards. So that is Cuddly Toy by Roachford. <laughs> it is indeed, yeah. Right, which I have long suspected is one of the greatest pop songs ever. I, You know, I, I hesitate to start this mm-hmm. with hyperbole of that nature. Mm. Start big. It, yeah, so big, but, but, you know, the truth is there's at least one other song in this particular top 40, which I would also put. In what, as one of the greatest pop songs of all time, so it's quite alarming. And and mm-hmm. I must stress as well to listeners, genuinely, we did randomly generate this. We haven't chosen it we on did. this basis, so we've got lucky here. Um, Cuddly Toy by Roachford, brackets nineteen eighty nine. Because I did a bit of reading, and he actually they because it's a band. It's one of those things like think of other bands where you think it's the name of the person, but in fact it's yeah. a band name. The classic, of course, is. is when you're a kid, everyone thought Blondie was the name of Debbie Harry, right? That's right. She's blonde. <laughs> yeah, she's called Blondie. <laughs> and similarly, also, similarly, well, did you think when you were a kid that Star Wars was the character name of Luke Skywalker? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Star uh, Wars. I used to go, yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, so Star Wars, right? His his uncle and aunt get killed by the baddies, and then he goes up into space to find he's responsible. And I go, who? Star Wars. John Star Wars. <laughs> John Star Wars. <laughs> um, Blondie. Another one. And ru- another ru- one. Slightly more obscure. PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey was the name of the band. No, fuck off. Yeah. Really. PJ Harvey. Polly Harvey, of course, is a singer. Yeah. PJ Harvey was the name of the band. Wow. 
Didn't it's know like that. Frankenstein's the so, name of the doctor, not the monster. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, another great example. So, so sort of. Uh, Roachford, um, it fits into the canon of PJ Harvey and Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. And John Star Wars, in that yeah. there is a confusion between who is the individual and who is the brand. Well, yes, there was a lead singer of Roachford, John Roachford, I think his name was. <laughs> so John Roachford, of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> he uh, this song is amazing because it's like it it's kind of like quite heavy rock mm. and soul and funk and pop all rolled into mm. one which generally speaking is there's all sorts of different recipes for a great pop song but yeah. if you confuse those things then you know I mean that really that's what Prince mostly did then you know you're on to a fucking winner and it's they did it it's masterfully done it's masterfully. Is this the one that Alan Partridge plays along to at yeah. the beginning? Yeah, now this of, is what um, I want to talk Alpha about, Papa. right? Yeah, because in Alpha Papa it opens and Partridge is driving mm. along with his driving gloves on, mm. and he's really, really singing along to "Cuddly Toy" by Rachel in the mm. opening scene, and mm. he's it's a hilarious performance by Steve Coogan. He's biting his lower lip and he keeps doing, <laughs> he keeps playing air bass, which yes. is probably the funniest of all air instruments you can see someone play i think and is is he is he playing it mark king style slap yeah slap. yeah of course of he course is. you have to don't you and my brother Cass, that was because my brother casper was an enormous level 42 fan right yeah and why not i mean anyone who's been to see our live shows we always that's our you get our pre-show playlist is the best of you? level 42 yeah before we go on um he was so into level 42 and mark king was his hero and whenever you, and still to this day, if you're at a wedding and you see him dance, right? If he really gets lost in a track, he will involuntarily be taken yeah. over by the spirit of Mark King, and he will start. He'll do the white man overbite, and he'll start doing slap bass, air slap get bass, in. yeah. <laughs> and um, so Partridge <clears throat> does that, and he gets really into it, and it and it's well chosen in as much as it is that kind of song that when it comes on the radio in the car, it will grab you by the mm. throat and the balls two-handed mm. and mm. it'll and it'll drag you and you can't just half listen to cuddly toy by roachford the no, windows come commit. down the, yeah you commit windows down volume up white man overbite and you fucking do the whole song but mm. my problem was this why is partridge listening to that song because i've always thought that is a legitimate good credible brilliant pop song right that mm. people who like good music will know and like and uh, I interviewed the writers of um, Alpha Papa at the time, and I took issue with them. And I went, the, Gibbon, the Gibbons Brothers, isn't it? The Gibbons, yeah. And I said, why did you open it with that? And they said, it's a great song. I said, exactly. I said, so Partridge a, would not have good enough taste in music. And they were like, yeah, but, you know, it's just the perfect song for yeah, someone, to off, get, <laughs> someone to be getting down. Yeah, they were a bit like that. But to be getting down to... In the car. And I said, yeah, but yeah. fucking Alan Partridge. Now it's like being labelled a Partridge song. Whereas really, yeah. it's a fucking legitimate crap. So anyway, it's, yeah, they weren't it's interested It's been slightly in degraded, hasn't it? Because of that, that scene. That's what I felt. Yeah. That's what I felt, yeah. Well, similarly, going right back, Knowing Me, Knowing You by ABBA has also been similarly degraded through Alan yeah. Partridge's use of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But in fact, fuck, tremendous song. Well, there you go. Well, and also, I mean, you'll agree with this because you and I have talked about James Bond and what a ludicrous twat he is mm. regularly over the years. But having said that, I still, from time to time, will enjoy watching with the kids James Bond film. Right? 
Yeah. Um, so on my birthday, for instance, yeah, I watched my probably the best. No, not the best, but one of my certainly my favourite Sean Connery one is from Russia with Love. Right, real yeah. classic Bond film. But when you, you if you tell someone what did you do on your birthday in lockdown, and you say I watched from Russia with Love, it's just pure mm. partridge. It so is. it's a problem. You got all the time you, 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 you do the Bond marathon, and you got all the timings worked out, including yeah. the dump. Yeah, you just got to go. I suppose you just can't you can't be cowed by these cultural associations and the snobberies. You just got to go with what you feel good about. And I feel good about Roachford's cuddly toy. I remember the video. He's a very cool looking bloke, and he had mm. extremely tight stone washed jeans that were yes, very much of the era. Yeah, and um, uh, I think a pair of uh, of pumps. And, uh, am, I, and, am I remembering right that it was a studio-based video and it had like in its sort of yeah. darkened studio, but with very bright lighting on him? Yeah, as he was. Yeah, double I'm denim. Getting, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Double denim, mm-hmm. denim shirt with stonewashed jeans, white trainers. He yeah. stood with his legs very far apart because he could. Is, yeah, I just think it's a good way to stand <laughs> in a video, isn't it? I mean, think of all the best videos you've ever seen. Everyone, like the lead singer, should always be standing far apart. For me, yeah. it's why, you know, the Beatles and Radiohead and the Smiths are three great bands that I think would never be truly first class because if you think of it, none of their front men stood legs astride enough, did legs they, at the front? Yeah. Tom York, Morrissey, Lennon and McCartney, they never had the balls to really pop literally, a fucking Literally a never had the balls, yeah. So they didn't. They didn't have a. Uh, whereas Roachford, if you watch this video, his his uh, legs are really, really far apart. And the other thing about this video, which again, very much of the day, very big fan of this video technique. And if and if you employed this technique as a as a pop video director in this era, then you were gonna fucking get employed again. Very simple. Cut between bright colour one minute, and then the next frame, grainy black and white. And lots of camera movement, lots of zooming around as well, mm. wasn't there? Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. When I saw it, and stuff. still now, if you watch it, the main thing you think <clears throat> is, why did John Roachford not become the world's biggest pop star? Hard to tell. I mean, Hard I mean, you know, this had it all. He was good looking. He was cool. He was a good dancer. And the song, which was also a hit in America, mm. where I was just reading, they had to, they had to release it in America as Cuddly Toy Brackets feel for me right right because i realized in america anyway in america if they saw a song called cuddly toy they'd think what's this you know the (laughs) guy in the d in the in the uh radio station the network fm radio station what's this i'm going to records i see one called cuddly toy what's that for kids what's that a sesame street song by the fucking cookie monster no thanks oh feel for me that sounds pretty sexy put it on the maybe list oh, but it's that kind of thing where they've got to put the the, the main hook in the title because it yeah. confuses americans otherwise not <laughs> yeah, that i'm yeah. saying americans are thick but i mean there's that but he just had, he only had like a couple more hits didn't he and he, he didn't i don't know if he had any hits again. i can't really name any other hits he had he had Family Man was the one afterwards got number 25. Then in 91, Get Ready got a 22. Only to be with you got a 21 in 1994. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't have any of those. In. But it, he's back. Rutch is he? back. I've just looked and he's back. He released a single at the end of 2019 called Love Remedy. Did not right. chart anywhere in the world. But new album is due out 
April 3rd, 2020. So that was last month. Well, that might we're be behind already. him. And, and that actually counts for a lot these days. Um, mm. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, um, I'm behind Roachford. I will happily go and see Roachford live. And mm-hmm. I would happily invite him to either perform Cuddly Toy at Manference yep. once lockdown's over. That or sounds good. Yeah. To maybe open for us at a couple of gigs. Yeah. I mean, if, he, if he's a listener, I suspect he might be. Then um, Andrew, to give him his proper name and not John Rochford. Oh, okay. You know, a little bit of respect. <laughs> Join us, please. Listen, um, right. Just, just one thing I want to say. I do think that it is peculiar that he didn't become a star. In all honesty, because he, you know, star. He had the lot. He was the full package, right? But I read an interview a couple of years back with Terence Trent Darby, who is one of my all-time favourite recording artists. Well, let's hope we touch upon Terence Trent Darby I at some point. In this, yeah, in we this will series, at yeah. some point, or Terence from Darby, as we used to call him, <laughs> right? And. Um, and uh, he's another one. He, he had more success than Roachford, um, but still not quite enough when you look at the amount of talent he, he possessed, yeah. which was immense. And I don't know whether he's gone balmy or what, but he did an interview that appeared, I think, in the New Statesman of all places. Mm. And he, was, he now lives in Italy and is recluse, very much like Obi-Wan Kenobi when he's got he a new disappears name as well, to hasn't he? Tatooine. What's his got name now? Name. Terence oh, from Nottingham. Oh, I'll have a look. Really but, crap um, joke. Um, but he said uh, he's, in this he's now interview, called, he's now hmm. called uh, Sananda Mayatria. Oh, has he become a Muslim? Ah, let's just change his name. Right. Just thought I, I think he just thought it was more catchy. Um, <laughs> now the, the problem with me was right. It was the name. I can see that now. At the time, I was like, I don't get it. I can sing. I can dance. I'm I'm great looking. I'm a great looking lad. Right, I've got the lot, and uh, so why is, why am I not bigger? But um, I look back now and I think it was the name. It was just the name. It was never going to catch on. It was Terrence. too long to say, especially for Americans. It was a bit fucking sissy as well, Terence. <laughs> Terence you know I mean? sounds, like, sounds like a softies name, doesn't it? So sounds from a bit one, like, it's Sananda. Might as, well call me, <laughs> might as well call myself fucking fish cake. Fish cake Derby. Jalapeno. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Jalapeño. But he said, just, you know, and this could apply to Richard, he said that he implied that he thought that Michael Jackson was so powerful mm. in this era. He was such mm-hmm. a big, powerful star, the likes of which had never been seen before or since. <laughs> yeah. That he he identified threats to his crown yeah. and pulled strings to have them shut down. Ah, and Tilda Darby right. is convinced that that's what he did to him. And right. if that is true, and who knows, if it was true, then I wouldn't be at all surprised if he had been sat there in Neverland uh, mm. flicking through MTV, caught a bit of fucking Roachford standing with his legs that far apart doing yeah. cubby toy, and he's gone, hey, Bubbles, check this motherfucker out. What I'm the killed. I've, I've identified a threat. <laughs> you he know what to do. Order 62. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Terence Trent Derby, or Sananda, as he's now called, um, releasing a, 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 a almost tuneless... Come follow up album called Neither Fish Nor Flesh. Oh yeah, didn't, didn't help. No, oh, I, that's, but that's that not album. a bad album. It's not a bad album. I uh, know my wife worse. really likes that album. Yeah, but I've got a joke her because she's a bit. She can be a bit hipstery with music, right? And she's got a thing. You know, some people the sort of trope of a hipster is say I prefer their early stuff. Mm. She's flipped that, and her thing is I prefer the second album. Right? Yeah, that no and one she'll really say knew. it. Yeah. She'll say it about loads of bands that had a big hit first album. Yeah. And then the second follow-up was kind of lukewarm, received in a lukewarm fashion. Yeah. And then sometimes they then went on to have third, fourth, fifth albums that were fantastically well-received. But her thing is always that, of course, the best album is the second one. And so she claims that, n- n- what is it, neither fish, fish nor flesh. Neither fam. fish nor flesh. Fish nor flesh. She, I think she claims she prefers it to the hardline according to Terence Stone Darby. Well, which is um, far fetched because it, that, it, it, that album, that album's almost bulletproof. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's it's all subjective, isn't it? And that album, of course, was produced by Martin Ware off of Heaven 17. Really? Well, so what, the, he was, he the was hardline according to Terence Stone yeah. Darby. He was, he was well, very much a I hit fucking at the time. pray. I think we've only just, I think it was probably the year before. In fact, it was 1988. When Terence Trent when the hardline, so hopefully that will come up because I can yeah. see us easily doing a whole we, we, episode strayed. devoted to I, him. I'll just before we move away from Terence Trent, Darby, I'll just read this from Wikipedia. Darby legally changed his name to Sanandra Maitreya on October fourth, two thousand and one, explaining Terence Trent Darby was dead. He oh. watched his suffering as he died a noble death. <laughs> after I'm glad it after was noble. In, after intense pain, I meditated for a new spirit, a new will, a new identity. Mayatria has said that his name change resulted from a series of dreams he had in 1995. Though mm. the name does not have any religious significance, Mayatria explained that he understood it to mean rebirth in Sanskrit. Mm. However, the name does not mean rebirth in Sanskrit. <laughs> it, means, it means possessed of happiness. So there you go. Well, and Mayatria uh, actually that's means... maybe, but I understand it to mean rebirth. For me, and, you know, personally, that's what it means. And it, you know, to be fair, that's what I identify as, rebirth. Yeah. All this rebirth business, I mean, I'd have to be... Re- Life's so short. I was only thinking the other day how short life is and how quickly... Fuck, yeah, I've been by. thinking that a lot a lot during this lockdown during shit. During lockdown, yeah, because yeah, you keep reflecting on shit. 
Like I was running along and I saw uh, by the river and I saw a bloke I thought I recognised, one of my best mate's older brothers, and I hadn't right. seen him for years. And he was standing, and the reason I thought it was him as well is because I was running near their old house where, you know, from when we were kids. Yeah. And he was standing by the river with a, a kid in his arms, toddler age, right? Mm. And they were having fun. And I thought, oh, look, there's Matt. I thought, God, look, there he is with his kid. Well, I'm going to go over and say hello. I got closer and the bloke turned to look at me thinking, who's this cunt running towards me? <laughs> and, it, and, it, and of course it wasn't him. And as I ran, it I was, went, oh, sorry. It was Sananda Mayatria. <laughs> yeah, it was Terence Trent Darby. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. No, and I just thought, fucking hell, of course it's not him. Why would he have a kid? He's older than me. Like, mm. he's three, four years older than me. Why would he have a kid that was a toddler? None do. of my mates, all of my mates' kids. Yeah, I know, but the, I know, I knew that he'd had kids years ago, is what yeah, I mean. But, like, you know. What I mean is all your mates now... You don't. You go and see young parents around. You think, oh, they're fucking ten, twelve years younger than me, maybe more, mm. right? Like you, I got mates who've got kids who are doing fucking A levels and shit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. then you, the point is, you think life passes so quickly that you, you've only got just enough time to master the life you're born with, let alone fucking going through a rebirth and starting all over again. Fuck that. Yeah. You won't catch there's, me there's, doing any. I won't be. Re- I mean, I know I've come up with this whole nifty character, but that's like an artificial um, backstory that lie. I'm trying to use to make myself sound more interesting. Yeah, in fairness, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, all right, yeah, it's a it's a lie. You're a liar. You could call it a lie, but it's, it's a lie. A series it's, of lies. <laughs> it's let's just say it's a narrative that it's a lie. I have. That it's a narrative that I've come up with. An to, alternative narrative. It's an alternative narrative. Exactly okay, that. Well, well put. It's an alternative narrative about <sighs> my youth that I am trying to do to zhuzh up my brand. Yeah. You know these. Right? These. What, what are, what are the things about this this lockdown? Who I was thinking about. You know these fellas who have like two families. Who've got like a secret family oh, going yeah. on the side. How are they yeah. coping with all this? And also, when they do get found out. Do they just describe it as an alternative narrative? The ah, thing is, you. though, you know, it's just an alternative narrative. Oh, I don't know no, what you get so upset about. Narrative. You found me alternative. Oh, the missus has found me alternative narrative on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've been thinking about those bastards, people having affairs and stuff like that. Mm. And I also feel really bad for youngsters in the first flush of love. Like, you know, if, you've, if you've met someone and you're really into them and things are just taking off and then suddenly, <clears throat> bang, yeah, bang, gone. locked down. Still Must bang. Be, I mean, like um, yeah, but youngsters in general who spend so much time going out and socialising and stuff like this, not yeah. like people like us who are quite happy in our rigs. We fucking okay love with this. this. For us, this yeah. is like bliss. It is. Just sitting around it drinking is. cups of tea, catching up on old YouTube videos. Right, but we've for done, um, youngsters who are still full of energy and <coughs> vim and vigour. <clears throat> we've done Rochford and episode's almost finished. Shall we do right. a second song? Yeah, what, what are you doing? Here it is. That, of course, was especially for you, mm. Kylie Minogue and uh, Jason Donovan, which was atop the charts this week. 
9th of January 1989. Number one. Number one. Let's not fuck about. Number one. It was its second week of three at the top, but it had been number two <clears throat> for four weeks. Wow, I love that sort got of number, number one. one. <clears throat> I love Excuse that me. sort of number one where they've sort of been fighting for a while to get there. Straight it in at course, number one is boring. It was behind Mistletoe and Wine by Cliff Richard, which oh. had dominated the Christmas period. Um, and it's still and in this chart. Dropped. It's still, still in the in chart, yeah. Chart. You're in the first week of January and there's still people going out and buying mistletoe and wine. Yeah. But mistletoe me. and wine got to number one on the 10th of December. We weren't even into the Christmas period and it was top of the charts. Fucking and hell. Three, the amount of power that at the top. Cliff still... He still wielded a lot of power back then. I he mean, did. I think there was, a, there was women who were probably like our mother's ages who, mm. when he'd first come out, he was like the Roachford of his day, mm. wasn't he? Yeah. In and that very early 60s, before that, he was he predated the Beatles and all of that. He was yeah. properly yeah. like... I mean, they, he was he was basically like our Elvis when he first came out, wasn't he? Well, that he? was it. I was watching a documentary about The Shadows that was on BBC Four mm. recently, and, of course, there was quite a bit of cliff in that. And, yeah, that's exactly what it was. He was our Elvis. And he was, and, um, he was very good-looking. Like, my mm-hmm. mum really fancied Cliff Richard. And he had the tunes as well. Yeah, thanks to the help from the shadows as well. So did you know? You know did you know that Hank, Hank Marvin from the shadows turned down an OBE? Did he? He's a yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, respect. Them, he he rest, doesn't get yeah. any respect like that, does the rest he? Rest of them took one. Oh, and I was just going to mention as well earlier on, Andrew Rochford. So John Rochford, Andrew Rochford, MBE, more like. Fuck off, really? Yeah, you got an MBE. That's what it says I mean, here in listen, I'm release. happy for the bloke because, as I've said, I think he's an extremely talented bloke, but. He got a I'm fucking MBE for cuddly toy. Yeah, I mean, surely it is. If you have one hit that's good enough to qualify you for an MBE, that's the one. Do you know what I mean? One you know song, what? one MBE, <laughs> bang, conversation you, over. You know when you go on, uh, you go on Google and you put something in, and there's a series of questions, and it says people also ask. Yeah. And the top I've put in Andrew Roachford MBE and it just says, Why did Roachford get an MBE? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking was, fuming about this. It I was you, services to music. Yeah, Gary Barlow, when I was reading about uh, Cuddly Toy, Gary Barlow fucking did a cover as a B side. What a cunt. Mm. Mm. I was fucking furious about that. Beverly Knight recorded it, but yeah. you know, whatever, fair enough. Um but Gary Barlow doing it, there's something wrong about that, isn't there? Yeah, Is definitely. It, it's also a bit of appropriation. It's like, fuck off. Barlow, Britain's whitest pop star. Yeah. Do you Leave know what I mean? On. Yeah. Fucking Rochford got the MBE January this year. Picked it up from Princess Anne January this year for services to music. <laughs> ring, Fucking ring. Hell. Hello, Andrew Rochford, Musical <laughs> Solutions <laughs> Limited. How can I help? Stop that dog barking, fuck's sake. Could be a client. Yeah. What? Uh, hey? Could be a mine. <laughs> are you fucking about? Who's this? Is this Terence Darby again fucking me about? What are you jokes? Whatever your name is now. Yeah. <clears throat> Hang on a minute. I can't hear properly here. Let me go out somewhere where it's quiet and get better signal. Say that again. <laughs> you want me? You're giving me a fucking MBA for cuddly toy? <laughs> fucking hell. I fucking knew it. I knew that song would pay off. Fuck. And he said, um, what was it? Princess Anne gave him it and she asked him to describe what he does. And he says, I said that I tried to evoke emotions from people through music. 
<laughs> That's it. I'd have preferred it if it said, rather than tell you, why don't I show you? Reflecting on his career, which of his songs people enjoy, he said, well, I guess the biggest hit I've had is called Cuddly Toy, of all things. Yeah, I guess it is. He says, a day doesn't go by when someone doesn't mention it. Fond memories, you know, guess that has to be the one. Asked if he still enjoys singing it, he said, yes, I really do. <laughs> Good lad. Good, Fucking Roachford. Oh, hang on. This didn't say this before. He was also in a relaunched version of Mike and the Mechanics alongside Mike Rutherford from Genesis. Fucking hell, I'm So he hasn't been quiet. He's been fucking busy. I had no idea about that. We've, we've strayed away, though, from Kylie and Jason. Kylie and, and Jason, a... well, this was a big landmark sort of pop cultural moment, not just musically, wasn't it? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the nation's children in, and adolescents were in thrall to mm-hmm. neighbours and they'd, of course, been on-screen lovers... I think yes. at this stage we, we weren't sure. I think they were keeping it shrouded in mysteries uh, as to whether they were actually at yeah, it in it, real yeah. life. But this fucking song seemed to heavily indicate they fucking probably were. Pretty much confirmed <laughs> it, didn't it? But at the time, personally, I thought this was dog shit because, yeah. you know, I was 16, I was into listening to John Peel and stuff like that. It was yeah. Stockick and Waterman who were the enemy. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, I watched Neighbours at the time. I won't lie, yeah. I watched Neighbours. The wedding yeah. had happened about a month before this came out, so this came yeah. out at the time, time of the wedding. Angry Anderson did the song for the wedding, didn't Angry he? Angry Anderson's also in this top 40 this week. He is yeah. at number five, down from number Fucking three. Australians had taken over at this stage, they hadn't had. they? Everything to do with culture. They had. Fucking li- Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, in excess. Yeah. Uh, but you listen back now, to especially for you, what a tune. What a yeah, chorus. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. If you know, and there's a sort of a bridge. No more thinking about tomorrow. Yeah, they can write a song, Stock Aitken and Walkman. Oh, definitely. I think the thing was, they did write a lot of good songs, but the production was irritating and the production was too similar on all of the songs. And so mm. it just started to antagonise you. You know, yeah. and plus, yeah, it was pop music. If you're into sort of stuff that was a bit more alternative, then of course, just on principle, you couldn't acknowledge the quality. But it was annoying because there was so much of it, and it all sounded similar. But yeah. the tunes they wrote, I think there was. I read a book once by one of them, not Pete Walkman. It was, uh, I think, it was Mike Stock. Yeah, and, uh, and I think Mike he- Stock has become a problematic um, individual on Twitter. I think recently. Oh, has he? Yeah, I can't remember why. I just think warning signs. Some of his Twitter output is it might be just far right stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah. But he's um he's from COVID nineteen. It was started by fucking Romanians. Probably one of them. I think. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, he, he had a book out. He had a book, and I enjoyed reading it. And I, I can't remember the full internets, but they were like you know. Pete Waterman, by his own admission, was not a songwriter. He was not the mm. technical one, but he had a. He understood. He like, had an ear uh, for. He had an ear hit. for hits, yeah, and he knew how to promote bands and stuff like that. But whoever is actually writing down the fucking melodies, whether that was Stock or Aitken, I'm not sure if yeah. it might have been Stock. Hey, he wasn't playing games. No, exactly. Well, you know, they, they were successful for a reason. I've got a lot of time for Pete Waterman. I think I've got his autobiography somewhere. 
And yeah, it's, I might uh, read that. Very, very readable. It's another one that we're never going to get around to read. I've got Francis Rossi's there as well from a few weeks ago. Fuck knows when I'll read that. But, I've got uh, Adam Ant sitting here that I got at a yeah. fucking market last year and I haven't got around to it. And that's bound to be fucking amazing, got, isn't it? I've got a Blu-ray of an Adam Ant documentary. Yeah. That should have been on BBC Four by now, I reckon, but I still haven't watched that either. Um, so especially for you, that was my second one. And a little update on that. Um, yeah. Scott and Charlene's son appeared in Neighbours in 2014. I didn't know this. I don't watch it anymore. But he confirmed, he's called Daniel Robinson. He confirmed Scott and Charlene are still together and they live oh, in Brisbane. That is lovely. How about that? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I can't Isn't see him ever coming back though, can you? Oh, it'd be great if they did, though, just once. Just as, like, if it was an anniversary or, like, the last episode, yeah. if they got them both back. But Kylie looked really sexy. Fuck. <laughs> and Jason Donovan just looked like he looks now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd I mean, watch Jason, that. He's all right. I mean, it was bad when he sued <clears> the face, but other than that, I ain't got any problem with the bloke. <laughs> I think he yeah. probably regrets it, the whole thing Face magazine. Yeah, but that was that. That was then. This is now. Um, we've kind of run out of time. We've only got two songs done. Um, what were right. your other two selections from the top forty of that week? Well, I've got, I've got three here. I would have definitely done Buffalo Let's Stance. Just, d- 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 two more. We were three right. official selections. No okay, rest of I would have done. Backups. I would have done Buffalo Stance. Yeah. By Nina Cherry, um, which was one of my selections for Life Goals with uh, Delaney. Yeah, when I had to choose the songs mm, that was for that, number three so, that week up from six. I mean, that is to me that's a landmark single, yeah. both in like music, pop music history, and also yeah. for me personally at the time, I was like that. That was a, a, an eye-opening song. I remember going by the cassette album. Still that. sounds and, amazing, doesn't it? That the song and the, the entire the, 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 album. You're not allowed to go into why. We're at the right. stage now where we've just got okay. a name, the songs and, we're going to talk about. All right, about. so for my other one, I was in Go She Drives Me Crazy by Fine Young Cannibals. Again, great Fucking song hell. off a brilliant album. You said there was another song in this chart, which is one of the greatest pop songs of all time. Which one was it? Was it Buffalo Stance? Buffalo Stance, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would have gone for uh, Aha, You Are The One, which was up from th- 15 to 13, just because it includes the line, You Are The One Who Has Done Me In. It's a fucking brilliant lyric. <laughs> well, that's um, Norwegian lyricism for you. They're very yeah, poetic people. It is that Scandinavian pop sensibility. You are the one that in has done language. my not in. <laughs> fucking cunt. Um, uh, the other one was going to be Fine Time by New Order. So there we are. Um, we never got uh, right to talk about let, them. Let me just real quick, because this, this is a throwback to something on an episode from last week. I can't remember right. what. But you made mention of an actor who mm. I think you'd seen in Minder, but who later turned up as a really excellent legendary baddie in Corrie called Brian something. He's the one who ripped off Rita. Um, no. Right, I'm going to look it up. Alan Bradley. Alan Bradley was Alan, the one who yeah. ripped off Rita. Oh, no, hang on. So it's not him. No. It's not him. It's another baddie. Um... Right, Baddie, Corey. <laughs> You're listening to Top Flight Tune Machine, where we look back at a chart from the what's his name? History of He's pop. super famous. Ah, oh, Brian. Yeah, Brian. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, he was the one that ripped off Gill and murdered people. 
Brian Capston or something. Oh, Brian. Capron. Brian Capron. Brian Capron. Right. Yeah. Was that? Wasn't it? Yes, that's right. But is he the is he the actor or is he the? He's the actor. The, the character was Richard Hillman. He was in Coronation Street as well. Brian Capron. Remember, I made you, you. He came up in conversation, and I said, "Oh, I know stuff about Brian Capron," <laughs> which indicated dark stuff. It wasn't dark stuff at all. It's just like there was a, a former work colleague of mine who knew him really well because he had cast him in a sitcom that he made, yeah. and. Um, it was actually a sitcom that I commissioned when I was at Comedy Central and he right. was in it playing a headmaster and he was fucking funny. And the lads who'd written and directed it had become friends with him because they'd literally just contacted him on Twitter and talked him into starring nice. in their thing for no money. Yeah. And he was a good bloke and he liked their script and he did it. And then they became friends with him and they had all sorts of stories. And uh, I won't go into all of them because it would be indiscreet. Not that any of them are, you know... Um, you know, defamatory, really. But he had a catchphrase that I always remember. They'd do his impression and doing his catchphrase, <laughs> and it'd always be about his missus. And he'd go, "Fucking hell, lads, get her away from me. She is doing my fucking treeing." <laughs> <laughs> doing my treeing is a phrase that I have never heard. I don't know if you're familiar no, with it, but I think Capra it might. That. I might. It might. I think it might be trademark TM. Yeah, Brian Capron. But I, I just felt it was very top flight time machine. Yeah. You're doing my fucking treeing. Yeah, and that's <laughs> one just for the platinum cunters as well. Yeah. Right, thanks for listening to this tune machine thing. I think we got away with it. We'll do another one soon. Um, it was fucking great. Yeah, you all it was, know it. it. We know it. You want more, and your money has never been so well spent. dickheads. Until next time. What is it? Stay vigilant. I can't remember. Stay. Oh, I don't know. I've forgotten it already. Our new yeah. slogan for the nation. Yeah. Stay alert. St- Till next time, stay alert. Stay alert, dickheads. <laughs> <laughs>